0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Love Always Wins podcast. My name is David Hazen and we're going to talk about trust. Eric Byrne described the game of Ain't It Awful in his book, The Games People Play. Ultimately, Ain't It Awful becomes a dramatic story of struggle between individuals or groups engaged in transactions of power building or power destruction. There is no larger context than a felt gain or loss of personal agency. Reports on the divisions between those who dominate, those who are the victims of domination, and those who would bind the wounds of the victims becomes the trauma-drama, the ain't-it-awful fuel of the mundane news cycle. This game is played from the stance of a victim of circumstances. It repeats the inevitability of our conflicts with others, and reasons to fear our loss of power to a surprise attack. It also reinforces our self-righteousness and distracts our attention from feelings of inadequacy by focusing shame and blame on people we judge to be the perpetrators of intolerable conditions. We tend to believe ourselves doomed by external circumstances in a culture of war, death, and violence such as we live in today. And I believe most of us humans feel like we are the walking wounded, powerless, inadequate, and disconnected from our social, physical, and spiritual environment. We deny these feelings with a fortress of defenses against exposing the reality of our situation and basically ruin our lives with a pretense of power and self-sufficiency. It is false. That fortress actually imprisons us with a fear or distrust of collaboration, which is the unconditional willingness to engage and remain in dialogue to resolve conflict with curiosity and respect. That kind of dialogue would introduce a threatening multitude of unknown variables and a loss of control. When I accept that what I know is but a tiny speck of what is possible, then I can acknowledge and let go of my fear of the unknown and surrender to a collaborative process. I can accept that what I think I know to be true is no longer the one and only Dogmatic Truth with a capital T. It is a biased side effect of my life process, my experience. Once I'm able to dispute my own distrust, I can begin to experiment with unconditional trust, stepping outside my obsession for control, and instead reframe unpredictable events as opportunities for valuable learning and growth. Risk-taking becomes an asset. I will need mentors and role models because choosing to trust will bring me into a complex, painful, and transformative personal process of letting go of long-held beliefs about myself and other people. I may become someone I never intended to be, nor imagine I might become. I may begin to see that my self-perception is much too limited it becomes possible that I am far more adequate than I can imagine to face any challenge. I can relax my emotional armor into a feeling of self-confidence and security. What I know, who I think I am, what I think is possible, where I think I am going, becomes suddenly trivial in relation to the importance of participating in the process of a vast system of give and take that sustains my life beyond any possibility of my knowing its full extent. When my life's process becomes more important than my judgments about it, I become more interested in participating within and not resisting that vast unknown system of give and take. Taken one step further, my redefinition of myself as a participant instead of a victim alters my felt sense of agency. My behavior becomes an essential node in an endless network of feedback loops. My impact may be extremely indirect, yet, without my presence, the entire system would behave differently. My trust in my life process changes the process itself. Our responsibility, even our requirement as human beings, is to consciously remember our constant participation in the process of give and take that sustains our lives. This is the literal definition of collaboration, to work together. Collaboration in creative problem-solving with people we thought to be enemies is the most terrifying possibility for the war-and-death culture. In a culture of collaboration, there is no right or wrong. There are no enemies, only potential partners. There is no retribution. There is only restoration of authentic relationship. The welfare of the whole society is not more or less important than the welfare of the individual. They're equal, inextricably woven together. Pain, suffering, and grief are no longer avoided. They are regarded as sources of valuable information. A culture of collaboration contains an unshakable peace, joy, and cheerfulness because we have the opportunity to feel connection and belonging to be seen, understood, and even loved. It is a source of great serenity and satisfaction to no longer need to have the right answer, the best knowledge, the highest respect, but to have only the genuine integrity of one more day on the journey of exploration and learning that is life itself. Quote, to boldly go where no one has gone before, unquote, as the alluring tagline for Star Trek captured so well. This trust, with a capital T, is very empowering and simultaneously often terrifying because it removes the shame reality that we've assumed to be the only reality. So we get very disoriented. It is a paradoxical reversal of our entire worldview to go from a protective fortress mentality to willing and vulnerable participation in unpredictable situations. It's a very strange yet exhilarating kind of freedom. It's ironic, isn't it? We run around looking for freedom externally when we already have the potential for it internally. It is this kind of freedom that when we realize we have it, we appreciate it so much that we only wish to give it away. So often times it happens that we live our lives in chains and we never even know we have the key. Thanks for listening. Drop me a line at lovealwayswins.us And tell your friends, thanks.